0: Before I get into the message, let me ask you a question. Is your heart ready for Easter? This is a special time of the year. It's a time to remember and to reflect on what Jesus did for us on the cross. In a way, this lockdown is forcing us to rest, to be quiet, and to sit at the Lord's feet. I pray that we will all emerge from this lockdown with a deeper love and with a stronger faith in the Lord than ever before. Now it is Palm Sunday today, and I've titled this message, Staying Focused on Your Calling. Please turn with me to Matthew 21, verse 1 to 11, and I'm going to be reading from the New International Version. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Page on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with a colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet, Say to the daughter of Zion, See, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. It's an incredible text, incredible story that we've just read. And I want to share a few points with you in this regard. And My first point is that Jesus was focused on his calling. In this passage, we see Jesus arriving in Jerusalem. He was warned not to go. His own disciples had tried to persuade him to stay away. But Jesus knew that the culmination of His earthly mission would take place there, right there in Jerusalem. Within the week, He would die on a cross to atone for our sins. Jesus was focused on fulfilling His calling. And in so doing, He made a way for us to be forgiven, to gain access to His heavenly Father, and to have our sins washed clean made righteous in his eyes. You know, the name Jesus means Savior. And as he rode into Jerusalem on the donkey, the crowds cried out, Hosanna! And Hosanna means save us. We know that they were crying out to be saved from their oppression under Roman rule. But Jesus had a much greater call that he was busy fulfilling. A call to save us from the oppression of the devil, to liberate us from our bondage to sin and death. In 1 John 3, verse 8, we read: The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. Our God has always had a plan of salvation. John 3:16 tells us what it is. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That whoever believes in him will not perish, but inherit eternal life. So Jesus came to save our sins, to rescue us from the plans of the devil, and to give us eternal life. There was a day where Jesus entered the synagogue, and he stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. And he opened the scroll, and he found the place where the following words were written. And he spoke them out with authority. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Jesus had a very clear sense of calling and purpose. And he lived this out with focus and determination every single day. Wherever he went, he fulfilled this. He preached the good news. He healed the sick. He delivered people from demonic oppression. He gave sight to the blind. Those who were blind physically and those who were blind spiritually. And he declared the acceptable year of the Lord. You might be wondering what is that acceptable year of the lord well in matthew henry's commentary he makes the following points he says jesus came to let the world know that the god who they had offended was willing to be reconciled to them and to accept them upon new terms that there was yet a way of making their services acceptable to him that there is now a time of goodwill towards men It alludes to the year of release, or that of Jubilee, which was an acceptable year to servants who were then set at liberty. Christ came to sound the Jubilee trumpet, and blessed were they that heard the joyful sound. Jesus, in essence, was declaring that his kingdom had come to earth, and that the realities of the kingdom of God are available to us. In Romans 14, verse 17, we read, The kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Are you enjoying these dimensions of the kingdom of God in your own life and in your family? His righteousness, His peace, His joy in the Holy Spirit? If you are watching or listening and you've never given your heart to the Lord Jesus, or perhaps you've backslidden and you feel far from God, you've been living as you please, but deep down there's an emptiness inside of you, then I urge you wherever you are to repent and believe, to turn away from anything sinful, and to cry out to Jesus to save you. In 1 John 1 verse 5 to 9 it is written, God is light. He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Friends, Jesus was focused on his calling. He died to shed his blood for you and me so that we could be purified from our sins. I'm going to pray a brief prayer before I continue this message to create an opportunity for anyone listening to ask Jesus to save or restore them would like to, you can pray this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I come to you today and acknowledge you as the Savior of the world and the King of kings. Please forgive me for all my sins and for wanting to live life on my own terms. I am sorry, Lord. Today I repent of my old life of sin and turn to you. Come be my Lord, be my Savior. I give my life to you and invite you to come and live in me through your Holy Spirit. Help me, Lord, to live in a way that will bring glory to your name. Amen. Father, I just lift up every single person that has prayed that prayer. And I pray that you will meet them right where they are. I pray that your Holy Spirit will come upon them. I pray that they'll experience the most wonderful sense of your righteousness being washed by the blood of Jesus. I pray that they will experience your peace like never before. And I pray that you will whisper into their hearts that they are children of God. In Jesus' name, amen. So my first point is that Jesus stayed focused on his calling. He came to save the world from sin and death. He came to destroy the works of the devil. He came to set the captives free, to heal the sick, and to usher in his kingdom. He came to reconcile us to our heavenly Father. What a mighty God we serve. My second point is that we need to stay focused on our callings. Now for the purpose of this message, I want to focus on the unique calling that God has given to each one of us. There is a general calling that is uniform for all believers, and it's called the Great Commandment and the Great Commission. The Great Commandment is found in Mark chapter 12, verse 30 to 31. It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind, and with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And the Great Commission is found in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 to 20. It says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So each one of us is called to love God. Each one of us is called to love others, our neighbor. And each one of us is called to go out and make disciples. But let's focus now on the fact that the Lord has a unique calling on each of our lives. What has the Lord called you to do? Do you have a journal somewhere where you have written down scriptures, Holy Spirit promptings, or prophetic words related to your unique calling? You see, if we are to stay focused on our calling, we need to have a journal like this. Something that we can go to often and remind ourselves of what the Lord has said to us. In Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, we read, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. God has a plan for your life and for mine. We are not living aimlessly on this earth. Each of us has been made in the very image of God with a unique and specific calling. You only need to read the word To know that this is true, Abraham was called to leave his homeland and to go to the land of Canaan, for God's plan was to make him into a great nation and to bless him. Moses was called to lead God's people out of Egypt, out of slavery. Joshua was called to take occupancy of the promised land. Gideon was called to liberate God's people from the Midianites. David was called to be king of Israel and to shepherd God's nation. Samuel, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, they were called to be prophets of God, God's spokesmen to his people. Think about this. Mary was called to be the Lord's mother and Joseph was called to be his earthly father. What a high calling that was. The disciples were called to become fishers of men. Peter was called to be the leader of the early church. And Paul was called to take the gospel to the nations, to the Gentiles. Friends, do you believe that God has a unique and specific calling for you to fulfill? And if so, have you discovered it? And are you staying focused on your calling? You know, for some people, their calling and their profession are one and the same. But for many people, their unique calling and what they do as a job can be different. Think about Paul. What he did to earn a living was a tent maker. That was his trade, to be a tent maker. But his unique calling was that of an apostle, a missionary, a carrier of the good news of Jesus to wherever God sent him. Now, I'd like to read a passage that holds some keys for us. And the passage is found in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 to 5. This is what it says. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. The great cloud of witnesses referred to here are the heroes of faith mentioned one chapter before in Hebrews chapter 11. Some of these peoples uh, mentioned I've already touched on. Abraham, Moses, Samuel, David, all of their names recorded in Hebrews chapter 11, which is called the Hall of Faith. But in this cloud of witnesses, I would imagine, are the many heroes of faith Throughout the generation that have stayed focused on their callings. Some of our loved ones who have already gone to be with the Lord, people that we've looked up to, those who have walked faithfully with the Lord, fulfilling His plan and mandate for their lives through their lifetimes. This passage, Hebrews 12, verse 1 to 5, as I mentioned, holds some keys for us if we too want to join this cloud of witnesses. If our lives are going to be lived by faith with a clear focus on the calling that we have. Let me touch briefly on three of these keys. The first key is that we need to discover what our unique calling is. Hebrews 12 verse 1 says, Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. There it is. The race marked out for us. It has already been marked out by God. Ephesians 2 verse 10 confirms this. We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which He has prepared in advance for us to do. So if you're wondering what your God-given purpose is, perhaps during this lockdown you can press into the Lord. You can speak to Him. You can wait on the Lord. Spend time in his word and say, Lord, speak to me, speak to me, Lord. What do you want me to do? The Lord loves to speak to us. He loves to reveal his purposes to his children. And if during this time you end up struggling a bit to discern, why not phone a life group leader or your shepherd or a strong, mature Christian friend, your pastor? Share your thoughts with them. Ask them to pray for you. And then keep pressing in to the Lord. Listen to what Romans 12 verse 4 to 8 says. For just as each one of us has one body with many members, hands, feet, arms, legs, and these members do not have all the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace that has been given to us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is to give, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, Do it cheerfully. Can you remember how Jesus, once he rose from the dead, met with his disciples and reinstated Peter? And he met with Peter and he had this conversation with Peter. And then he gave Peter his commission. He told Peter what his calling was. And he said, feed my sheep. And this is what Peter did until he died. He was called to lead. And he did it diligently. The Lord gave him his mission and Peter stayed focused on it. Just a small point on the side. We need to discover and stay focused on our unique calling and not compare ourselves with someone else's calling. And believe me, this is not an easy feat. We can be so quick to compare. Just after Peter had been told by Jesus, feed my sheep. Jesus spoke to him about the kind of death he would die. The very first thing Peter did was to look at John and say, Lord, what about him? And Jesus answered and said, If I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You, Peter, must follow me. So the first key is to discover what our unique calling is. And the second key found in Hebrews chapter 12 is this. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. The enemy of our souls will try anything to rob us of the plans that God has for our lives. And the temptations he uses are the age-old ones, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Jesus, in the parable of the sower and the seed, gives us a picture of his heart for us. He, Jesus, is the sower. And he sows good seed into our lives, kingdom seed. And he longs to see us produce a harvest, a hundredfold that which was sown. John Piper has a book titled, Don't Waste Your Life. I want to read you a page from his book. This is what he writes. In April 2000, Ruby Eliason and Laura Edwards were killed in Cameroon, West Africa. Ruby was over 80, single all her life. She poured it out for one great thing, to make Jesus known among the unreached, the poor and the sick. Laura was a widow, a medical doctor, also pushing 80 years old and serving at Ruby's side in Cameroon. The brakes failed, the car went over a cliff, and they were both killed instantly. I asked my congregation, was that a tragedy? Two lives driven by one great passion, namely to be spent in unheralded service to the perishing poor for the glory of Jesus Christ? No, that is not a tragedy. That is a glory. These lives were not wasted, and these lives were not lost. For the Bible says that whoever loses his life for my sake and the Gospels will save it. John Piper continues, I will tell you what a tragedy is. I will show you how to waste your life. Consider a story from the Reader's Digest which tells about a couple who took retirement from their jobs when he was 59 and she was 51. Now they live in Punta Gorda, Florida, where they cruise on their 30-foot trawler, play softball, and collect shells. At first, when I read it, I thought it might be a joke, a spoof on the American dream, but it wasn't. Tragically, this was the dream. Come to the end of your life, your one and only precious God-given life, and let your last great work be this, playing softball and collecting shells. And people today are spending billions of dollars to persuade you to embrace that tragic dream. Over against that, I put in my protest. Don't buy it. Don't waste your life. You know, the weeds in the parable of the sower speak about the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth. Those things that strangle our fruitfulness of this precious seed that God has deposited into us. Friends, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. The third key that I would like to highlight from Hebrews 12 is the following. Run with perseverance, keeping your eyes fixed on Jesus. In Hebrews 12, verse 1 to 2, it says, Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. When God places a call on our lives, it doesn't mean that things will always go smoothly. There will definitely be times when we are filled with joy as we go about our Father's business, when we experience His presence and His power as we do small and great exploits for His glory. Can you imagine Peter and John and how delighted they were when the lame man called out to them asking for money, but he left them walking and leaping and praising God after they had healed them In the name of Jesus. Can you imagine Peter's joy when Cornelius and his whole household responded to the message of Jesus and put their faith in him and how they were baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit? Cornelius and his household were Gentiles. Yet we also read in the book of Acts how the disciples and indeed the entire early church experienced great persecution and hardships, and they needed to keep their eyes on Jesus and persevere. Never before in our living history has the world experienced a pandemic with such great ramifications as this coronavirus. It has impacted every part of our society, with lockdowns being imposed by governments all over the world. And believers in Jesus are not immune from these hardships. There are believers who have been diagnosed with the coronavirus. There are believers who have lost their jobs and finances given the volatile markets. Jesus never promised that we would not experience trials. The same storm that fell upon the man who had built his house on the sand, that same storm fell on the man who had built his house on the rock. And in John 16 verse 33, Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me you will have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. We are called to persevere, to stay in faith, and to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. And we need to remain focused on our callings during this difficult time. Perhaps we might need to look for some creative ways to give expression to our callings. I've seen in church circles how people have used technology in all kinds of ways to continue to stay in fellowship, ministering, having Bible studies together via Zoom, all kinds of different ways to use the giftings and the callings that God has given them to minister to others. But family, please remember this. Famines end. Storms pass. And in all things, God works for the good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. He works for the good to those who love him and to those who are called according to his purpose. In conclusion, please turn again with me to Matthew chapter 21. Say to the daughter of Zion, see your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey. On a colt, the foal of a donkey. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Imagine that, palm branches being waved, palm branches lining the streets leading up to Jerusalem. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we bow before you, acknowledging you as our King. Thank you for your love and your presence in our lives. Forgive us, Lord, for the times when we have taken you for granted or questioned your goodness. Today we offer you our hearts with fresh devotion. Come, King Jesus. Come right into our hearts so that we can experience your righteousness, your peace, and your joy. Thank you, Lord, for the way you stayed focused on your calling. You came to earth to teach us about your kingdom and to die for our sins. Help us, Lord, to discover and stay focused on our unique calling, so that we can fulfill the mandate that you have for our lives. And now, Lord, I just say to your people, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Trust that you will have a wonderful Sunday with your family and may you continue to spend time with the Lord and have some family devotions and grow deeper in love with him. God bless you.